0: and welcome to St. Matthew's Online. Uh, it's wet outside, but it's a great day to be inside, on screens, engaging with God in His Word and in prayer and in song. Uh, our first song today is a song of praise to our Lord Jesus. We're going to sing, He died and rose on high. He died eternal life to bring and lives that death may die. Let's uh, sing together, crown him with many crowns. again. Yes, (laughs) sorry about that. Uh, Good morning again. It's uh, great to see you here at St. Matthew's online uh, down here at the Corso. Uh, For those of you who are new to us, uh, my name's Andrew. I'm one of the ministers here at St. Matthew's. Uh, My focus uh, in uh, my role here is on the people who normally meet here at eight o'clock on a Sunday morning uh, together with pastoral care right across our family of churches. It's great to have you here. And speaking of uh, it being so nice to have you here, really nice to hear people uh, um, chatting uh, on uh, the website there. Kathy, uh, lovely to hear from you. A number of people have made um, comments about uh, seeing some light at the end of the tunnel, and it's been great to have things opening up in Sydney, hasn't it, uh, with picnics in the last week, although today's not such a great day for picnic, picnicking. But yes, it's nice to be moving forward uh, in this struggle against uh, the COVID um, uh, infection. Uh, it's great to have you here today. Uh, today um, is, is part of a, a two-week um, uh, series which we're, we're theming around the idea of encouragement and we're really looking forward to a word of encouragement today from uh, Deborah and from Cezanne, our, our women's ministers. Uh, they'll be sharing with us a little later in the service. There's lots of things to encourage us. We'll also be hearing from Kieran Kolbecki, one of our mission partners who works uh, with Anchor RE uh, in scripture teaching in local schools. Uh, He'll be sharing with us and also reading the Bible for us. And we've also got the chance to engage with God himself as we pray. Uh, So right now, we're going to take a moment just to say thank you to God for all of the good things that he gives us. So please join me in this prayer of thanksgiving gracious God we humbly thank you for all your gifts so freely given to us for life and health and safety for power to work leisure to rest and for all that is beautiful in creation and human life but above all we praise you for our Saviour Jesus Christ for his death and resurrection for the gift of your spirit And for the hope of sharing in your glory, fill our hearts with all joy and peace in believing, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. When you think of so many things that we have uh, to say thank you to God for, it only highlights how far we fall short in living for him, for the one who loves us, the one who made us, the one who redeems us in Jesus Christ. So as we thank him, it's also appropriate that we confess our sins to him. So please join me in this prayer of confession. Most merciful God, we humbly admit that we need your help. We confess that we have wandered from your way. We have done wrong and we have failed to do what is right. You alone can save us, have mercy on us. Wipe out our sins and teach us to forgive others. Bring forth in us the fruit of the Spirit that we may live as disciples of Christ. This we ask in the name of Jesus our Saviour. Amen. And it's so reassuring to be able to pray a prayer like that in the name of Jesus our Saviour. He is the advocate we have with the Father so that we can know as we pray in His name. As we've turned to him seeking forgiveness we find it in our father who loves us and who welcomes us as members of his family well there's uh, plenty happening around uh, st matthews at the moment in a moment i'll mention three things that are coming up but i do want to say again to you if you're new uh welcome we'd love to know that you've been here and one way that you can uh, let us know is by the digital connect card the qr code or come up there on the screen. And look, at, at, at this time of COVID, uh, I mean, it's always important to be communicating well with each other, but it's hard to keep up with each other. So if you have a, a need of any particular kind and, and you'd like to let us know about it, we'd love to help as we know and, and understand. Uh, so please use the, the Connect card in that way as well. But it's great to have you here if you're new with us. Uh, in terms of, uh, uh, of things that are coming up, I said there's a two-week series where we're theming around encouragement. Uh, After this word of encouragement today, next week we're looking forward to a song of encouragement. So our music director Dave and our music team leader at 8 o'clock, Mark, have uh, put together a number of musical items that will feature in our service next week, especially for next Sunday. And the sermon that Scott gives will also be around a song written about 150 years ago, which draws together so many wonderful themes of the scriptures in ways that I'm sure you'll find very encouraging. So we're looking forward to that next Sunday. And then in the week that follows, which is the first week of um, October, uh, it's the, the, um, the launch of our growth group studies next term in the book of Acts. I'm not sure if you realise, but uh, over the last couple of years, we've had David Peterson as a member here at St Matthew's at the 10 o'clock service. Uh, David is actually a world-renowned scholar uh, in the Book of Acts. Uh, he has a, a large commentary that is published on that, well recognised. And so he'll be launching uh, our growth group studies with a teaching session, which will be full of rich insight for us, particularly on those central chapters of Acts that we're gonna be looking at. That'll be on the Wednesday night and more details will be coming uh, with that, but that's something to look forward to on Wednesday week. And in the week following that, uh, we'll have the next round of our Alpha course. Uh, It'll be online this time and what we're looking for at this stage is for help. And if you're interested in helping out with the online course, uh, please let us know. You could use the Connect card or you could email the office or contact the office uh, through the week. Suzanne will be leading that and we're really looking forward to offering that course to people who have questions about the Lord Jesus, who aren't certain about God, uh, but would like the opportunity to engage uh, with that, that course in that way. Well, we're going to sing together again now, and then straight after the song, we'll hear from Kieran, our, our mission partner, and uh, after that, Deb and Cezanne will speak, although I've just remembered there's one other thing to do, a really important thing to do. I'm going to firstly lead us in prayer, so uh, please uh, bow your head as I lead us in prayer. Lord God, our faithful and loving Father, thank you that your promises are completely trustworthy. And that your love for us is constant and we thank you for the confidence we have in Christ as we bring our concerns to you. Lord God this world is full of anxiety and so we pray that the gospel of Jesus may be made known everywhere so that your peace may transform the life of people everywhere and as our own country has an anxious time as we consider external threats and is building uh, military alliances, please prevent the escalation of tension in international relations. And as disruption from COVID-19 continues to disrupt patterns in workplaces and in homes, equip us all to live for your honour and for the benefit of others. And Lord, we thank you for the work of Anka RE in local schools, we thank you for the privilege we at St. Matthews have of partnering, particularly with the teachers. And so we thank you for the RE team, especially Susie MacDonald and Kieran Kolbecki from uh, St. Matthews, but also for Debbie McKenna and others who teach. Uh, as they nurture the spiritual well-being of students uh, at Balgala Boys and Macgala Girls and Manly Selective Schools, we ask that as classes resume uh, through Term 4, that the door will reopen for the teaching of Scripture in classrooms, where teachers will be able to present the Bible story in all its beauty so that students hear of the hope that Jesus alone can bring. And Father, we we thank you for those who have been raised up by you to lead amongst your people here at St. Matthew's, in other churches locally and across Sydney and across the world. We thank you for those particularly who teach We ask that you will safeguard them and us, that they may be an example for believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And we ask that you would make their work a joy and not a burden because of the way that your people respond to them as they teach and lead in the name of Christ. And Lord, we ask now that your Spirit would be at work in us powerfully in us and through us this week may we be instrumental in sowing and sharing your love grace and truth with people who need to know your great mercy we pray this in jesus name amen let's sing together
1: with me today Kieran Kobelke. Kieran is one of our wonderful mission partner teachers who teaches with the Anchor, Anchor RE team uh, at Bowgalla Boys and we've just prayed for them in a the service uh, along the two schools at uh, McKellar and Manny Selective and I thought it'd be nice on the day that we're praying for this ministry to have some of the teachers involved in the ministry and uh, I rang Kieran to see if he could read the Bible for us and discovered he's residing currently on the mid-north coast. He escaped lockdown and got out very quickly and has been working remotely up there so welcome along today kieran
2: thanks for having
1: us bruce hi church great to have you now kieran normally comes at um, the 10 o'clock service and uh, a couple of questions for you kieran i understand that the new south Wales government in terms of the education department um, effectively stopped uh, school scripture in the schools during this term with the schools in lockdown Um, and i know you've been using that time well so tell us what have you been using the time for?
2: Yeah, well, it was a big shock to go into lockdown again um, in the end of term two. So especially because term one and term two went so well um, in in my fourth year at Bally. So um, I was was quite conflicted to start with because I'm, I'm used to having such a busy schedule with the rowing program in the morning and then I'm teaching five out of six periods a day and then um, rowing in the afternoon as well. So my, my day's quite packed. And the um,
1: rowing is a form of outreach to the kids, isn't it?
2: Yeah. So I'm, I'm blessed with the opportunity to share my passion and my skills of being an athlete and a rower with the students at school. So, um, and I'm, I'm running that at Bally and McKellar as well. So both boys and girls are coming down on the water, which is great.
1: Fantastic. So what have you done this term?
2: Well, this term, um, I've actually been able to use it for, you know, professional development and career, you know, curriculum um, development and, and lesson plans. So just, just basically, um, stealing a march on on myself for next term and for the future. So um, since I've been um, married, really, or since I've been in this role, it's um, I've got to say I haven't been as diligent with my devotions and with my professional development as I may have been um, when I was at uni and and single. So it's just been nice to have some time to actually sit down and do some courses online and read the Bible and, you know, do some devotions and some creative things as well. So it's been a blessing.
1: And I understand you signed up for an online course by Sam Chan on evangelism and apologetics. Tell us about that. That's
2: right. So I think it's, it's a book and it's a DVD um, and they've zondervant to turn it into an online course uh, that I've signed up for. So Sam Chan's evangelism in a skeptical world. So, um, I felt that was really uh, sort of valid and um, I could use that. Uh, it, it applied to my situation with with uh, in-school evangelism and it's, it's been great. Uh, and so he's looking at the idea of storytelling as a way of sharing the gospel. Um, yes. So I find that really useful. Fantastic. I'm
1: sure there'd be more than one skeptic at the school there.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. But um, it's it's just such a blessing that I can be in that space and um and be and be a light in that in that world really. Fantastic. And
1: fourth term schools are opening up, and I take it you're hoping to you get back in the classroom with them.
2: Yeah. So as soon as they let us on site, um, we'll be we'll be back into teaching. Uh, I think schools going back in incremental year groups. Um, so as soon as the year groups I teach are available, um, hopefully we'll be allowed on campus again. Um, Based on the last lockdown, we actually got an exemption to come on to school site. So the principals fought for us um, to come on because all non-department staff, um, all of those extracurricular activities were cancelled. And last lockdown, the the principals leaned on the department to actually get myself and Susie back into McKellar and Bally. So that precedent hopefully will set us up for this next um, return back to school.
1: Fantastic. Now, you're going to read the Bible
2: for us. Uh, it's hebrews chapter 12 1 to 11
1: so i'm going to exit the screen i think i'll still be up in the top corner but uh over to you to read the bible for us today thanks kieran all right
2: so today's reading is hebrews 12 1 to 11 um so therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that is so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith for the joy set before him he enjoyed in, endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of god consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart in your struggle against sin you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it.
3: Well, good morning. My name's Deborah, and I'm very used to being here at eight o'clock, but I'm here today with Cezanne. Not quite so used to being here at eight (laughs) o'clock. Cezanne, what's the early
4: start like? Oh, nothing that a bit of concealer couldn't fix, Deb. (laughs) A little bit early, but hey, happy to be here. And so happy to be here with you. So Deb Mm -hmm. and I are going to be showing some scripture with you today that has encouraged us through this lockdown period. But first I just wanted to say I'm so excited to be sharing the platform with you because Mm -hmm. we actually work quite closely together Mm -hmm. and we get on really well but we never ever actually seen together. Very rare in (laughs) lockdown are we together
3: and we don't get seen together. No
4: never spotted in the wild but we did um In prepping for today, I have quite a few little catch-ups. Covid-safe, double-vaxed picnics. 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 Glad they weren't. So beautiful. Yes. So happy about that. And um, we prepped for this talk today just together, just to make it flow a bit better. And there was, um, we had some good chats. And something that struck me and that I found quite profound was the email that you've been sending out during lockdown. So talk to me a little bit about that.
3: Well, I won't talk to you about that all the emails, but one of the things this week that I asked people to consider was what are you going to do in preparation for coming out of lockdown? Mm. And one of the questions was, have you developed any good habits? Is there anything good that you've done during lockdown and you'd want to see that happen? And we just heard um, uh, Kieran say that, yes, there are some good things that have happened that he hasn't had a chance to do. Is there anything you can think of that you would like to keep going?
4: Yeah, there's a lot of things that I don't want to keep going, (laughs) but yeah, a lot of things and some things that I want to let go. Um, But one thing that I did was for ages now, I've been saying, I want to do ocean swimming. Um, And you would know sometimes in the office during normal time, staff would come in and go, oh, they just went for this beautiful swim. And I've always thought, oh, that just sounds like the best way to start the day, to do this Manny to Shelley swim, but I can't swim. So hurdle number one. So I've been always chatting about it and my sister obviously got a bit sick of me always talking about it. So she just texted me a number of a swim coach and said, well, now's the time to get the skills set up. And so I got a swimming coach and I've been having lessons down at Queenscliff Pool and I am now, my stroke is corrected and she's let me loose and I now swim in the ocean regularly. So I'm so thrilled about that. It would never have happened if it wasn't for lockdown. It never would have taken that time. So I'm going to keep doing that.
3: Well, not jealous at all. I'm not going to be doing that, but I am going to leave you to take over now and share, and I'll be back later.
4: Thank you. So, on New Year's Eve, just this past New Year's Eve, I only had two New Year's resolutions. The first one was, I'm going to swim the Manly to Shelley Beach swim at least twice a week by the end of 2021. Nailed it. Happy to report on that. And my second one was, I'm going to read one Christian book for every fiction book that I read this year. Now I read a lot of fiction. I read a lot. So it actually scared me a bit to think how many Christian books I'm gonna have to read. And then lockdown happened. And for some reason, every fiction book I picked up just didn't feel relevant. Like it's like I picked the storylines apart. It just didn't feel right for the times that we're in. It just felt like every book was written pre-COVID, and then I just couldn't get stuck into it. So I made this natural switch from fiction and have spent all my book reading time trying to get into my Bible and Christian books, you know, to keep up with my New Year's resolution. Because, I mean, this is absolutely obvious and I've mentioned it a few times, the Bible is relevant whenever. It just applies to every situation. I mean, I think you already knew that, but that was a huge revelation for me. So, I thought, okay, I'm going to get stuck into my Bible, and I want to get stuck into Christian books to make me understand bits of the Bible better. And I was telling this to my growth group, um, and I said to them, I so want to read all these, I've got a pile of books like this next to my bed, but I just, for some reason, cannot pick up a Christian book and get stuck into it. And um, one of my Bible study girls, you know who you are, Sasha Antioch, said to me, yes, but it's because you don't read Christian books the same way you read fiction books. Of course you don't. Fiction books, you can kind of skim read and still get the gist of it. With Christian books, you've really got to slow down and read them line for line. So thanks for that genius tip, because with that, when I did, what I did was it gave me this real light bulb moment. And I picked up a book that I've been eyeing for a really long time, that we've actually started read, uh, reading in our growth group as well, um, called Enjoying God by Tim Chester, that was actually gifted to me by Kath Clark. So thanks, Cl- Kath. And it's been phenomenal because I've read it, I've finished it, and the scripture that I'm sharing with you today, which is the scripture that Kieran read to us so beautifully, was scripture that I would never have chosen to speak on in the past, because I just didn't get it. But it's referenced over and over in this book, and it's really helped me understand it and apply it. And not just that, just really love it. So the scripture that has helped me through lockdown Is from Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 11. I'm I'm not going to reread it all, but I'll just highlight a few bits before I get stuck into it. In verse 1, it says, "Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. In our struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood." Have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. I've always looked at this passage and literally shut down. The topic of discipline is just a really uncomfortable one for me as I'm sure it is for many people. I once heard someone say, discipline is not a word that you'd see tattooed on anyone. It's just not an edgy or a cool word, is it? But since I've now got really stuck into this passage and really understood it, I'm literally, I'm excited about it. I even feel like I could maybe get the discipline tattoo. So these words from verse 5 is where I'm going to start. Have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement? That is what spun it all around for me. It is encouraging This whole bit is supposed to encourage us. But how? Now, seeing hardship as God's discipline changes everything. What I really need to point out here is that discipline is not punishment. That is where I always tripped up and almost like shut down to these words. I'm going to say it again. Discipline is not punishment. Punishment happened on the cross. Frederick Lee, he says says it like this. God does not punish our sins in a legal sense. That he did fully at Calvary. The chastisements he brings upon his people are to be understood as the loving corrections of a merciful and tender-hearted father. So first of all, the root word of discipline is disciple. I never realized that before either. So we're literally disciples, being continually, lovingly disciplined. But it doesn't end there. It's not just for our good. But so we would, through what we come to learn, and see, and taste, and experience, spread the good, good news of being in a relationship with Jesus. That is what a disciple does. Now back to the scripture, verse six says, the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Hard words, good words. So hardship and discipline doesn't mean God dislikes us or is punishing us. No, it means he accepts us as his children, It's such a tough thing to discipline. You'll not do it if you don't care for that person. As a mum, I discipline my kids because I want them to learn, I want them to change, I want them to grow. I'm preparing them. I've got this tiny little window that I have to prep them. It's an act of love. It's a difficult thing to do. If love leads to discipline, then that means discipline can be a sign of love, right? However, I think where I've gone wrong And where I've misunderstood God's discipline is because I've compared it to my own earthly parent discipline. So sometimes I'm able to discipline from a calm place and think it through and think through my wording and um, correct my kids' behavior with a well thought through holistic approach. But man, I would say 80% of the time I'm angry, I'm irrational, and I really just want to make my own selfish point. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes my discipline comes from a place where my kids might have heard my pride and I just lash out in the moment. And that same thing is, I think, what's happened to me as a child. Is when I think back um, to times where I've been disciplined, where my parents just did not get it right and it did not come from the right place. It might have come from a place of rage. So I thank God for giving me my own kids so that I can even let those grudges that I've held against my own earthly father for so long, just let that go because now I've experienced it myself. So this is really why this passage has now, in this time, impacted me so greatly. Because the penny has dropped for me that I'm being disciplined and treated as a disciple by the perfect father. He's always disciplining me from a place, and this is Tim Chester's word from the book that I've been reading, where he sees not just my actions but my heart. A father, listen to how beautiful this is, a father with infinite patience who measures his discipline with perfect wisdom. Wow. Verse 10 says God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. So I just think at this point again, I have to just stop and acknowledge something. I need to say that bad things are not good. Evil is evil. And injustice is not from God. Illness and sickness are a mark of this broken world where we live. Painful experiences are painful. I just need to acknowledge this, and at no point am I pretending to know exactly what it is that you're going through today. But I do know this, that in all things, in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who've been called according to his purpose. It's from Romans eight twenty eight. God can turn even evil intent around for his good. Now, this good might not be obvious here on earth. And as God is working in us, it might feel like painful punishment sometimes because this is not home. We're not at the end. We have not yet reached our destination. And what we are being trained for has not happened yet. Paul Tripp says it like this, today remember that this moment isn't intended to be a destination. But it is what God's using to prepare us for our final destination. Sometimes, not always at all, but sometimes God's discipline might mean that we need to change where we are headed. Or there might be unrepented sin involved. Sometimes. So to illustrate my point, my husband Michael and I, we don't fight often. But we often have the same fight about the same things. Does that happen to you? Same thing comes up. The other day I was driving after one of these fights, I was in the car and I just really loudly said to God, God, can you just show me what the lesson is? I do not want to have this fight anymore. I'm quite bored by it. Like I was like, God, can we just get to the point? Can you just point me to what it is that I need to see so we can just get over this? And um, so sometimes God's discipline is trying to point us to a sin that needs repented. And if there is a specific sin, It will often come up again and again. And what I can say at this point is if you do go to God and ask him to reveal it, he will quite often reveal that sin that needs to be repented. And that is really what happened to me that day. There was something that I needed to repent of. There was an attitude that needed to change and I was able to do that. And I can happily report we're having one less fight. So as I wrap up, we need to believe that God's discipline is an act of love. We need to see that is constant not just the big things but also the tiny day-to-day frustrations what if when you would normally be irritated by something you could rather get into a habit of saying out loud to god thank you god for this traffic jam thank you god for this spilt coffee thank you god for this difficult work situation what would you want me to learn from this god could i take this opportunity to pray this is not an easy habit to get into But it is life-changing. It is something that I've really tried to implement myself. Have a go this week. Try it every single time. When something is difficult, just pray out loud to God. Thank you. Thank you, God, for this. What would you like for me to learn from this? There's constant opportunities to see God's hand in things. It's not just the big things. As we learn to grow and change and become more like Jesus, in the little things, we can look to Romans 8.29, which says, for those God foreknew He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. I love, love this language that we are Jesus's brothers and sisters. So powerful. A few weeks ago, I mentioned how hard hitting it was for me when I realized Jesus, when the disciples, the disciplined disciples, asked him how to pray, he said, Our Father. He could have said, My Father, but he definitely didn't. He said, Our Father meaning Jesus' father is also their father, is also my father, my perfect father, standing with open arms, ready to hug me close. Because when we draw close to him, he will come near to us. His discipline is an act of love. His discipline is an act of love so that we can be set free from our misdirected desires, our earthly idols, our pride, our control freakiness, and become who he has made us to be. Verse 10 says, God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. And verse 11, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Peace. How lovely to think we're being transformed to be beings who feel at peace. That that's the end goal. So, A disciplined disciple should then so transformed by God's love and grace be literally spilling over, gagging to share this good news with others. My prayer is that we will all embrace this heavenly discipline. Get the tattoo, run to finish this race with joy and steadfastness. And one day, we will all see each other in heaven and we'll be able to lock eyes and look at each other and say, man, that was so worth it. So as Deb comes up, Will you pray with me to our Father? Our loving, perfect Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for adopting us into your family. God, we know an adopted child is hand-picked. Thank you for hand-picking us. Transform us day by day to become who you have made us to be, to become more like Jesus. God, we use Deb now to speak truthfully and powerfully as she points us to you. Amen.
3: So do you think you're going to get the tattoo? I won't be getting the tattoo. But are you encouraged? Are you encouraged to endure hardship as discipline? I'm really glad to be reminded God's discipline is not about punishment, especially as many of our experiences of parental discipline is that it's been about punishment. But besides our past experience being something that might prevent us from receiving this as a very positive and encouraging message, I want to talk about a couple of other things that might also prevent this from being an encouraged message. The first one is denying that our situations qualify as hardship. This is where you might say, my life's not that hard. I just have to get on with it. In my earlier years of a, as a Christian, I thought any hardship I had didn't compare to the hardships of people that were in the persecuted churches. So I used to think I better stop whinging and I better just get on with it because my life was really a breeze. But the thing was my life was not really a breeze. Parts of it were really awful. And denying them or acting like they weren't really hardships because they weren't directly related to standing up for Jesus didn't help. It didn't make them go away. And neither did comparing myself with other people even around me and saying they're worse off, therefore I have to get on with it. It was almost like I thought God had a kind of a limited supply of help or was busy with other people, or just got really irritated if I didn't get on with it and seemed to be able to cope. And I've actually heard a lot of similar commentary during lockdown. There are people that are way worse off than I am. People on the northern beaches are so fortunate. We here should be so grateful. And I agree, we should be grateful. We should be grateful when there's things to be grateful for and the northern beaches is beautiful. And even secular psychology tells us that it's really good for us to have an attitude of gratitude. And it is good for us. But thanking God in all circumstances doesn't mean we need to deny when things are hard and just deal with it ourselves. If we do that, it's too easy to become people who do things in our own strength just because we think we should. Here's what I came to see back then. We're engaged in a spiritual battle and we have spiritual enemies. Besides our own internal tendency to sin, we've had an external enemy that's here to kill and to destroy and he will try anything to thwart God's purposes. That's his central aim. And if he can do it through direct persecution, he will do that. And so the persecuted church exists. Directly persecuted for standing up for Jesus. But do you think that because we live in a country where direct persecution is not an option and we're not directly persecuted for our faith, that the enemy gives up? No. No, he does not. If direct persecution is not an option, he will use whatever he can to try and make us turn our back on God. And if he can't do that, he'll try to make us as ineffective as possible. So what could the enemy use here on the northern beaches if he can't use direct persecution? Well, obviously we know he'll use anything he can, good things or bad things. Sickness, financial stress, academic failure, job loss, relationship breakdown, or maybe a lockdown that cuts cuts us off from others, removes our support systems, causes us to lose things and gives us a great sense of loss. And causes other major stresses. Please don't think that I am minimising the suffering of the persecuted church. I am not. What I am saying is that the same enemy that is behind the persecution of the church there doesn't give up killing and destroying here. He will use whatever he can to persecute our relationship with God and our relationships with each other. And denying things are difficult or hard and becoming self-reliant, trying to manage our difficulties and our own strength, can be used by the enemy to keep our eyes off Jesus. We need to name our hardships, our troubles. As hardships and troubles, then as Hebrews says, in the midst of those, we can fix our eyes on Jesus so that we don't lose heart. And we can see them as opportunities for God to grow and shape us. When God is using our circumstances for his glory, the enemy can't. Where the light is, the darkness flees. And I know and have heard from many of you that are doing that, faithfully keeping your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, and letting him shape and discipline you through this. Keep doing that. Nothing is too small or unimportant for God. As Suzanne said, sometimes it's sin that we have to deal with. Sometimes we need to let go of things in our lives that have taken the place of God. And sometimes we just need to be comforted. It's all part of being lovingly disciplined. And though, even though it can be painful, as our reading says, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace. But I also know that some of you are struggling. You want to honour God and you are getting on with it. You don't want to whinge or complain, but it's a struggle. The way forward is to acknowledge the struggle and that they are hardships for you that you're experiencing, that you can't do it alone and that you are willing to allow God to draw alongside you as the God of all comfort to enable you to fix your eyes on Jesus and to bring circumstances to God as an opportunity to be lovingly shaped and disciplined by him. So I encourage those of you that are struggling to pause. Name your troubles. Fix your eyes on Jesus. When we see every opportunity to be disciplined for him, then we're positioned to hear and to respond to Jesus when he says to us, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Because if you don't, you will lose heart and you will become weary, as the passage says. And that leads me to the second thing that can stop us from experiencing that encouragement. If the first is I'm just trying to get on with it because my life's not that bad, the second is I'm already worn out. I'm past being encouraged. Someone told me this week that their experience over the last few months has been like a hamster in a wheel, running round and round and round and round. How exhausting. Some of you are putting on a brave and thankful face, but you're inwardly weary and heavy laden and over it. I know many of you could recite with me Matthew 11:28 that says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And that is where we're going to land. But before we land there, listen to what Jesus says in the sentence just before he says that. I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. What is he actually saying here? That only five-year-olds, only little children get it? No, not at all. He's saying that we have to come as if we are little children, dependent children. No matter how old we are, what our gender is, what our experiences are, we're his children. Not childish, but children nonetheless. And Sazon reminded us from Hebrews that when he disciplines us God is treating us as his children. And from Romans, she quoted that Jesus is the firstborn and we are his brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of God, brothers and sisters of Jesus. So if we go back to Jesus' exhortation to come to him, he's talking to his worn-out brothers and sisters. Children of God, he's saying, you have a loving, heavenly father. He's my father too and I know what it's like and I can give you the rest you need. I'm gentle, I'm lowly of heart, I can help you with the load. What our father will ask of you is easy and light when you do it with me. When our hardship and the hardship around us gets us down, when we're weary and burdened, Jesus beckons us to come and by the power of the Holy Spirit he meets us right there. It was the Holy Spirit who ministered to Jesus in the desert. It was the Holy Spirit who gave Jesus the strength to endure the cross and it's the same Holy Spirit who lives in us and ministers to us and brings about the transformation that gives us joy and the ability to persevere and to allow God to discipline us. So I encourage you worn out brothers and sisters, come to Jesus. And there's another really encouraging thing about this before we finish. This is the way that people are drawn to Jesus. We name our sin and we name our troubles. We fix our eyes on him and we don't lose heart because we're looking at him. If we do lose heart, we look back to him. Jesus teaches us, the Father disciplines us, and our lives are transformed. And our hardships become less and less about our own personal happiness and more and more about making Jesus known amongst the nations. And our lives are the ways Jesus becomes known. Among the nations, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace, not just for us, but in the lives of others. So, are you encouraged? The next verse in Hebrews, after the reading we had, says, Therefore, because the outcome is so positive, therefore, because things are so good when God disciplines us, therefore, Strengthen our feeble arms and weak knees. This phrase actually comes from Isaiah 35 where it says, Strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. So to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear. And I'd add to that, take heart and be encouraged. We've chosen to finish today with a song called Jesus, Strong and Kind. Sing it if you know it, but if you don't know it, just let it minister gently to you as you bring your burdens, your troubles, your hardships to the Lord. We chose a children's song because across all our services today, we're all children of God. It doesn't matter how old we are. It doesn't matter what our gender is. It doesn't matter what stage of life we're at. The invitation is extended to each one of us to come as his children With our weakness, our thirst, and our fears, with our hardships and with our troubles, he is good and faithful, he is strong and kind, and he has overcome the world. And if you feel lost, or if you feel that you can't come to him, the promise in this song is that he comes to you. Look for him, because he is there.
5: S. For the Lord is good.
0: How are we going? Are you getting that? Yep. <laughs> uh, that was going great until uh, this last tech thing. Um, a couple of great comments came through uh, this morning. Uh, one I really appreciated was from uh, Paul Krenko, um, and Dave share uh, an apartment, and he says, Praise the Lord. Uh, Dave and I uh, really enjoy uh, and are thankful for this online service that we can do through the internet. And it is great, apart from when we get little tech issues like that. Hey, it's been an encouraging day today. I've really appreciated our sisters uh, sharing in the way that they have uh, quite openly uh, about their own experience of the Lord as they've read the Scriptures. And uh, what a profound thing to grasp hold of, that our loving Heavenly Father actually sends hardships our way for our sake, uh, to train us, to teach us. He's lovingly disciplining us like a good father would discipline, and lovingly so, his own children. It's great to live in a world where we know there's a God who loves us in that way. And great to, I, I love what Suzanne said about um, when you're facing a hardship, ask God, God, what are you teaching me here? Uh, he's keen to teach, keen for us to learn, keen for us to mature in him as we keep looking to Jesus. Speaking of looking to Jesus, let's uh, close with these words from Uh, jude um, which encourages so much in these words to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy to the only god our savior be glory majesty power and authority through jesus christ our lord before all ages now and forevermore really look forward to seeing you next sunday and pray god's blessing on you in those ways in this coming week